Well, hey there. So this, first of all, it's been a minute for sure um, since I've last been in where the circle meets. It is not because I haven't copious notes and all the things I wanted to share at this exact juncture, but what happened was it just got so over the top in 1800 directions and that's not helpful. So I finally decided to just keep it simple. And that's part of the reason I'm opting to go with audio for the next little while. I think we're gonna stay in audio support through the fifth chakra and through the eighth, uh, through the eighth, through the fourth chakra. Um, throat and heart. This is this particular recording is the last one for now in the indigo section. But I just want to let you know going forward, I really want us going inward. And I think listening versus using our eyes gives us a chance to really start sinking into that place, particularly since we're focused on the mind. And so coming into this section, which I have titled the undefended self. For me, this is the simplest point of everything that I want to share with you. So as we've explored many times, everything is in the mind. We create everything that we experience. We create our reactions to everything around us. Um, and we've learned to begin having more of a response versus a reaction. But it's incredibly important that we understand our power in all of this, that we have that point of choice of whether we're choosing peace, and by peace, you can call it love, you can call it truth, you can call it source, or fear, and fear you can call it anxiety, frustration, all the, all the negative aspects of the experience. But this drama that we create, one of the um, images I read somewhere one time that was really terrific was if you think about, you know, obviously you can think about going into a scary haunted house or something like that, a fun house, quote unquote, fun house. Um, but if you think about going into a movie theater, right? You're in a darkened movie theater and there's the big image up on the screen and you're deeply immersed in this movie and all the characters up on screen acting out all these things and all these things happen. And for those minutes, for that hour and a half that you're watching that movie in the darkened movie theater, you're actually living it. You're consumed and absorbed into it as if it were real. And yet, you know, it's not real, but it feels real. And then you come out of the dark movie theater into a bright, sunny afternoon. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that wasn't real. This is real. That's the same process as clearing out from the dramas that we run in our mind, we create worries and projecting things into the future that haven't even happened yet, right? But we, we're the whole body shaking with like, oh my God, well, what if this happens, right? So we create it in our minds 
But when we slow down and stop, we step into the sunshine on the sidewalk and go like, yeah, 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 that's not real. There's only this moment here. So what I want to share with you, and again, that's a very complex thing, obviously, and that's why it's taken me so long to sort of reduction sauce it down to the most essential bit to practice. And this piece right here that I'm about to share with you is very challenging because it goes in direct opposition to everything we're taught. And I don't just mean I'm an American, so it's not just Americans, but it's, well, I guess I can't speak for all cultures, but it's a very dominant human culture to live from a place of defense. And so um, I've titled this section, The Undefended Self, because many years ago, I was handed this book, The Undefended Self. And full disclosure, I haven't read it recently, so I don't know how it stands up, but I know that back in the day, which is now 15 years ago plus, um, it was a real threshold book for me. It definitely was one of the launching places for the spiritual growth that I went on because it really was just such a radical departure from everything and the perspectives on the world that I'd had up to that point, which had caused me so much misery. <laughs> I was so happy in the world with the way my mind was perceiving everything. And with this vantage point, it really did begin um, opening up new space. And that's what I want to offer to you. Um, but as I say, I haven't read it recently. And you know how we go through things. Um, Sometimes books age well, sometimes they don't. But what was really fun for me is this was a seminal book for me, my life. And the author, Susan Fisenga, um, went on to create a retreat center called Seven Oaks down in Virginia. I always kind of looked at that like, oh, someday, someday I'll go there. But it never happened. And then it did. In 2016, I held an Into the Mystic there, which was so awesome. It was so magical. I mean, we were like dancing around the fire at night completely spontaneously. And I mean like a bonfire. So amazing. It was so good. And one of the things that happened that felt full circle for me was uh, Susan is much older and she and her husband have retired and they no longer live on the retreat center property. But for some reason, she happened to be stopping by on the day I was there, and I got to meet her and tell her how much I loved her book. So anyway, um, the core of the undefended self is to look at how we live from fear, and then we perpetuate fear from being in a constant state of defense from attack. But as I later got enhanced with this same concept, got enhanced for me with Byron Katie, when she would say defense is the first act of war, which really landed for me, I got it immediately. Again, it's a radical departure from our approach. Someone comes at me, hey, you stupid, loud lady, shut up. You know, it's very natural for me to go like, who are you talking to? Right. And come right back at them. It takes such a different groundedness to simply watch that person come at us and, and not attack back. You're like, oh, was I, was I loud? Is that true? Was I loud? You know, it's not doormat. It's not like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. It's not that. It's, 
giving the space and they blow on by like a great big storm. And I've shared this over the years, um, but it's here again. And it's always worth revisiting because it doesn't matter. Um, there are always deeper levels on the places that we attack. It could be really small. It could be, you know, criticism and judgments or attacks, um, defending ourselves in all sorts of small daily ways. Um, it's really interesting to notice how hard it is to let someone else be right when we know they're wrong, right? We just let that go. We don't have to prove we're right. That's a practice. So one of the pieces here is to really understand that power cannot oppose. Power is, love is. So if you are standing in a place of power, someone can come attacking you and it's just like the wind crossing over the grass. There's nothing to be done. And in this moment, as I'm talking, and I'm sure I've shared this before, but it's just one of the best images was when the Buddha was under the tree. And of course, Mara, who doesn't want him to reach enlightenment, comes at him with a full army, you know, trying to attack him and scare him. He's just immovable. He just sees that that's an illusion and the illusion dissolves at his feet. He had that power, that quiet power. And there's a great scene, if you've ever watched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, there's a great scene, probably like three quarters of the way through where they've got this amazing um, master. I don't know what you would call, not like Tai Chi, but he is like the spirit master. He's like the great, great samurai. He's not a samurai, I don't know, but he's, he's the great master of it. And the enemies have taken him and they've tied him all up, like tied him up. Like there's no way anyone could get out from all the ropes and, you know, restrictions that are on him. And he's completely complacent, unperturbed. She's just watching them all do it. And you see him there. He's not even making any effort to get out from the ropes. Um, and you're like, wow, yeah, they've, it's done. You know, they've tied him up. It's all over. And then you know, you, the, the movie progresses and the moment he wants to be out from the rope, he's just out from the ropes. It's just like completely, like, whoop, yep. The power of that deep connection to source is what I'm hoping for us to all continue to be progressing toward and practicing. So um, as we're paying attention to our mind and our thoughts, the action is to remove the obstacles, the interferences, the doubts, anything that would block between your core true self and your experience and, you know, and source, you know, source, truth, light, God, love, whatever you want to call it, nature, earth, the universe. Um, trying, to, trying to remove everything that blocks you from that comfort, ease, il de soi. Right. So as we are moving now into the fifth chakra, just want you to keep that in mind. We're looking to remove the obstacles and blocks because as we move into that next chakra of the throat, that is the place where we speak our truth. That is where we have our voice. So we've got to clear out the stuff first in the head, or if things are coming up and we can feel the constriction in our throat, oh, I can't say that, or I 
I don't have the, you know, I don't have the courage to stand up for myself or stand up for that other person. We now tap into the mind and be like, well, why? Where's the fear? What's the fear? You know, so there's this beautiful relationship between the two. Um, so yeah, I would just really encourage you to start exploring if you haven't already, how, what does it mean to show up in the world open and without defense, without that constant sense of strategy, strategic protection. I have to protect myself. I have to protect the world that I live in. What if we didn't? What if doing all of that actually creates the conflict, creates the war, creates the adversary, creates the enemy? Just a thought, okay. I'll see you in the next section, which we're calling turquoise.